Dirt Smoke Bajir and Taxons have managed to find some earbuds. Welcome to the Wonder Years. For all your animals rereading and eventual rewatching needs, I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. And I'm Horny for Visser 3. Oh, What's aren't up? We I'm Sada. Aren't we all? <laughs> oh my god. We literally all just gonna open the fucking show with it. Who among you know, us? I mean, listen, we are we are all we are all kinda horny for Visser 3. Yeah. Hell yeah. You might be Absolutely. kinda horny. I'm I'm like ready to fuck right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The, the, the 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 distracted guy looking at a girl and upset girlfriend meme, except for it's Blair looking at Visser Three and Ro- and Roswell is very upset. <laughs> um, I think that Roswell would understand wanting to fuck. Yeah, Ros- Ros- Roswell Roswell would understand. Yeah, Visser Three definitely has two hands, so I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Are you trying? Are you trying to say that Visser Three is also trying to fuck Roswell? I think we're all trying to fuck Visser Three. Is the moral here in some I mean, in some capacity listen, we, don't know, we don't know what kind of morphs he has viscer three could have like a, a hypothetically infinite number of hands we don't know the upper bounds of his hand count at this that time that is so, so true, true. <laughs> oh i got that one in stereo oh hold on let me sell my 5.1 surround sound. let me get that one one more again the thing is, That's is that it's just so feature. true. Yep. <laughs> the thing about it. Um, That's the the new feature. Just surround sound Blair and Seda being mild to medium to high level horny for aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the extra hands there are definitely a bonus. I will be honest. I sort of just took the cold shower of looking at the Andalite on the cover of this book. <laughs> not a sexy alien well no because that, that's axe that's your that's son axe. that's my son for sure but just like oh, all of it is just so good the <laughs> and, and stage from andalite to gormless cow is just great uh-huh. across the board um yep yeah i really like that second one in the stage where it just kind of looks like axe got like stung by too many bees <laughs> It does look like that. <laughs> Someone get that boy some ointment. Yeah. I, like how- I also like cow with antennas. Little baby little bud antennas. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at that. It's cow with antennas and little bitty baby hands. Oh, it sure is, isn't it? <laughs> that is how big an Andalite's hands should actually be. I will I will die on this hill. <laughs> I'm like losing he's like got like huge muscles on his yeah. biceps and whatevs. Um, yeah. Can one of you do me a big... Can one of you do me just, like, a huge favor and just, like, edit it so that the first image of Axe here, instead of having his two arms facing the same direction, they're meeting in the middle, so he's doing... You know I had to do it to him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I'm seeing the potential for sure. Because <laughs> I really want to see Axe doing it to him. Oh, Axe does it to them every day of his life. Imagine trying to explain memes to Axe. <laughs> oh no! Uh, we, we we went on a run about this in the in our group chat uh, a little while ago. I remember, and it's just like Axe like complaining about being a regularly sized boy, as like Marco Holtz and Rachel says, "I want to see my little boy." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am a strong and powerful Andalite warrior. I'm big boy. I'm a big boy. <laughs> oh. And then someone's like, well, it is big boy season. And Axe is like, it is winter. 
Exactly. <laughs> it is your winter. Your human winter. <laughs> oh, I love X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I So I really love Andalites and I really love cows. So just looking at this cover was sort of an, like an emotional experience for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like different stages of extreme emotion. Yeah. You know, they're all like equal in their intensity, but they just go in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure the face that Axe is making in the second one is the same face that I made when I when someone called me sir at the uh, at the liquor store on Friday. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah extreme discomfort. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did you look like you were stung by several bees? <laughs> yeah, I, I I had recently just been stung by several bees, so that's more about why I looked right. Like that, yeah, but yeah. Like, the expression mm. was the same. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so this is an axe book. I, um, <laughs> oh, it yeah. sure is. I was feeling really stir crazy when I started to read this book. So it was like midnight. And so I just like kind of took it to a bar because I was like, I have to leave my apartment. Uh-huh. And so I was taking paper notes for the first little while. Um, and it's just the first four lines are just in all caps. I love Andalites and I love cows. So this cover is a lot for me. And then one line just says, axe has a scoop. And then I wrote semicolon underscore semicolon and I always I get so mad at myself when I do emojis in handwritten things it's like the most online thing sometimes I do like a scribble because it's where I would normally key smash in my notes and I'm like I need to log off one time like any point in my life I have to log the fuck off this, no it's your charm day point age, logging, off, logging off is a luxury that few can afford one time I know that I always remember this because it was when I was I had a webcomic and I made a webcomic about it I took a break from the internet because when I put my bread in the toaster I made a USB <laughs> connection noise <laughs> like with my mouth <laughs> I was like I have to take a break from online <laughs> And technology. I gotta stop. No, it's... Uh, I probably haven't done one of those since 2009. <laughs> no, it's seriously your charm point, though. Um... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, I also have a handwritten... Uh, by the way, Sena, I do I do appreciate the fact that you... Uh, I, I'm just now noticing this because I grabbed my phone to uh, pull up my notes on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for some reason my notes are not syncing to the to my Google Drive anymore, but that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the fact that you added us with your question of is V three a himbo? Discuss and you and you threatened. Don't ignore me in the group chat, or I will start acting out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that you bring that up now because I was just gonna let you read it like it was a listener suge- uh, question. I was gonna be like, oh, they sound hot. <laughs> You could still say that. <laughs> I was like already giggling to myself about what a great goofer that was going to be. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I can edit that out. We can just like, or I mean, you can edit that out. I'll, I'll edit the podcast. You can edit that out and then we can do it again later. No, it's it's great. I think that that went even better than I could have <laughs> ever imagined. Um, so remember how I mentioned that I went to a bar? I ran into friends and maybe went like bald a little harder than you should on a Monday night. So my brain is incredibly off uh in the off position and i don't think it's gonna turn on at any point during this podcast honestly that's fine i i'm not entirely sure that i woke up entirely this morning (laughs) so like we're all gucci here yep um and blair's just horny so like we're all we all got weird energy today (laughs) plus with the added benefit of reality being a hologram so like none of this matters anyway so so true yeah i mean as is all as is always (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um so, um, so, so <laughs> this is 
Okay, so not if we're not counting the actual plot of everything, I think this is my favorite book in the series. Just by like totally sheer content, that. like narrative. Like I don't like like the main driving plot here, but every yeah. single thing on the ancillary, every single like quip and line and like character thing, I am head over heels in love with. I don't like this plot like at all. No, like, it in sucks. Addition, this was I. I in, almost in addition like... in addition to it being in addition to it being like. Like viscerally upsetting for people, for you know, people for like you, Seda, and like even for me, who is not normally like, who is not normally like upset by these kind of things, it was still kind of rough for me. Yeah. But like even on top of that, it's just like this is a complete filler, zero change book. The only thing that changes from the start of this book to the end is now they can morph into chimpanzees. I absolutely understand that perspective, and I think that if I'd been in a different mood, I probably could have felt the same way. I love that this is like. Just spoiler for the end of the book. Like, we'll just skip right ahead. This entire book is to stop a mission that has already failed. And I thought that was so good. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. I Yeah, I actually did love that. My main problem with this book is that it was philosophically very weak. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, on one hand, I'm really glad that it was an axe book because it gave a certain amount of distance from what was going on around him. And I think if it had been one of the kids, um, I would have gotten a lot more upset mm -hmm. uh, because they have, like, their human perspective. And also, like, it's just, like, yeah, it's from a human perspective. So I, it's a little easier to, like, find myself there. Right. Um, so I'm glad it was an X book, but there is definitely uh, – would have strengthened its own ethical stance if it had been any of the other kids. Well, I, the thing uh, is, is that it's like the the just take we would have had like their internal monologue. Well, I think the takeaway that was intended from this book is that humans inherently have free will. End of discussion. And I'm like that is not a very nuanced uh, discussion on free will. I will tell you yeah. that. Um, and I I found that really fascinating in a world, in a universe that we know, like, time travel exists, and to a certain extent, there's destiny, because there are these huge godlike creatures that are constantly manipulating the world. Mm -hmm. So, in a universe where that is a fact, like, a given absolute Quantity. truth, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the discussion of free will being something that is inherent to sentience is very odd. Yeah. Um, mention a mention of the alchemist there just may maybe run down a rabbit hole, but um, I so a little peek behind the curtain here and the way things are ordered. I actually last night recorded the bonus episode that's going to be coming out in about when you're hearing this maybe like a week's time, give or take, maybe a little bit less. Uh, with the host of setting the record, queer Kaylee and Alexis, and the in the first minute of the show that we of the ep of the show that we watched. Um, the camera pans from Jake over to a blue force ghost of the Elemist, and I had to pause the episode and explain for ten minutes exactly what had just transpired in those opening sixty seconds. Because no, there was um, no explanation. No, because the Elemist was an established character at that point in the series. <laughs> Um, I don't even remember the... Why don't I remember the show? I watched, like, 15 episodes <laughs> of it. I don't remember the Elemist being in the show at all. <laughs> I We are going to... I, I've said, I said on that episode, but we are going to rewatch that episode when you and me... You two and me get to that point in the series. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
and I'm very excited for it because it's an alternate. It's a. It's a. It's a like a, an alternate reality slash. It's a Wonderful Life situation. Oh wow! Yeah. But it's isn't it's all Tobias. It's an it's like Tobias is the good guy in it. Isn't the Elemist the one good guy left? Just a big head, or am I totally making that up? The Elemist what? can pretty much be anything. I, I don't. Rem- I feel he like might he, have been a big head at one I point. Feel like in in sure. the show, he just kind of looked like a force ghost, like a, a human force ghost. Yeah, no, that's and that's like fine. But I feel like he every time he's mentioned, I I think of him as like a big old man's head with a tiny body attached to it. I don't know where that came from. You know who I honestly always picture is the Sandman from Rise of the Guardians. <laughs> That's so much better. Why? That is so much better though <laughs> than whatever my brain is doing. <laughs> You're oh like my. sort of Wizard of Oz projection, but it's like, thing. and it's like floating. It's not like a baby body. It's a hum- It's an adult man's body that's just very but small. Tiny. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny! <laughs> oh wow, god. Okay. <laughs> um. So this book opens with Axe just being obsessed with television because he has one now. It's. it's- it's, it's so good. It's I literally tweeted, I'm going to cry because I love him so much. I know. I like, so he built himself a scoop and he found a TV and um, an, a detail that made me lose my mind was he was describing all of the items that he owns. And he was like, I have human clothing. I have a television. I have a picture of a cinnamon bun. <laughs> He is so small. He's just a little boy. He feels just... about cinnamon buns the way I feel about him. Like, I just, I just want, like... In Santa's Scoop, there is a television, human clothes, and a picture of action line of Sirith Estill. Exactly. I've lived here for, like, three months, and I still haven't put any of my, like, posters or anything up because I don't do thing good yeah um and what if i just put one single framed picture of an andalite and that's my entire see bedroom you can, see, see if you can get that artist that you linked us to the one who drew fluffy axe oh my god totally i would love a print of those or i'll print out my um really good photoshop of uh <laughs> elfanger or you can get one of those frames that are that is just like several images and you can have that alongside uh your future yes. uh, i know how to do it to, you know how to do it to them acts <laughs> yes oh this all sounds great uh-huh. we should be interior decorators <laughs> i agree oh uh-huh. <laughs> uh, hi we're, we're the new we're the new cast of extreme makeover home edition i hope you like animorphs because if not you're <laughs> fucked <laughs> i would love a like house hunter tv show where the like or and like extreme makeover show where the um, hosts just kept weirdly pushing their interests onto the <laughs> They're like, oh, don't worry, I installed like holders in your walls so you can hang your guitars. And the owner's like, I don't play guitar, I don't play any instruments. And the owner's like, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that delights me so much. Like, like, are you planning on spending a lot of time here, or what? We're friends now. I just got you a house. Are we not friends? No, what the fuck? I thought we were roommates, uh, dude. What's the problem? <laughs> uh, I love that Andalites live in the holes. <laughs> it's good. I love that Andalites live in holes in the ground. Uh-huh, and it, um, uh huh. So, so in the first chapter, to buy uh. uh Axe refers to Tobias as his shorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that, like, 
called like throwback because he's done it like maybe at least once before. Yeah. It yeah. just it just makes me so happy. And they watch soap operas together and I lost yes. my mind. <laughs> uh but because he said here's the quote Tobias too enjoys TV. He comes every day to watch a show with me. It is called The Young and the Restless. It is very <laughs> educational, though I remain confused as to the cause of so much restlessness. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I, there's, of there's... course, Tobias is a soap opera gay. Yeah. Um, like obviously, obviously. Um, and then I think later Axe says something along the lines of, um, "I am often young and also restless." <laughs> no, I'm yes. young and often restless. I'm young and often restless it makes me so delighted. There's a moment where Axe is trying to figure out what kissing is all about because he's like, "Why are humans always putting their mouths together?" And Tobias is like. Uh, and then Marco walks up, and it seems like such a setup to be like, Marco, show Axe what kissing is. (laughs) And I was like, ooh, and then obviously that's not what happened. Right. Because I don't write these books. But Uh, but Marco is like, hey, I snuck up on you, didn't I? And then Axe says, I'm sorry, I'm just reading quotes from the book now, but this is really cute to me. Marco laughed. He knew he had not surprised us. His claim to have snuck on a, up on us was human humor. It is inexplicable, and Andalite readers should simply resign themselves to never understanding. I love you so much, Axe. So good. Though it does raise the question of, yet again, are the Animorphs writing books in-universe? Huh? Um, Tell me may- what your setup is. <laughs> Tell me your- <laughs> it's all so good. It's all so good. Um... Uh, so they... Oh, and then, and then Marco says, Axe, you need a TV guide, and Axe is like, I do not need a guide on how to operate a television. <laughs> he gets so mad. I know. He's just... And Marco, like, references a bunch of TV... Sh- this book is really funny for the, like, 90s pop culture references, because they talk about TV shows so much that Axe could be watching instead of soap operas. Mm-hmm. And Marco references a show that went off the air 18 years ago. <laughs> just like, yep. That sounds what, right. What show is that? Um, it was one that I had to look up, which is... Party I, of Five, I'm Party assuming? of Five, yeah. Yeah, I had to look that up because I didn't recognize it, and it, it stopped airing in the year 2000. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 90s. Um, there's this great... Um, and then, and then Capelgate gives us one of, the, one of her worst word crimes. I loved this, and also I was not it's, as affected by really, it as you were, I think. <laughs> It's really jarring body horror, and it, I, I was, like, reading it while I was, like, on the toilet at work, and I was like, oh, I can't do this right now. <laughs> Psychically, yes, I, I understand that. <laughs> I love but any here's the, here's time the, that, that they morph into humans. It makes me so happy. <laughs> here we go. I felt teeth growing beneath my lower face. In fact, my entire human mouth, consisting of a hinged jaw, teeth, tongue, and saliva-producing glands, was fully formed before lips appeared. Um... His glands. Thinking about those glands. glands. Yeah, he's got those saliva glands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so he morphs humans so they can go to the mall to get um, uh, a TV guide um, and maybe cinnamon buns if Jake is there and he's buying. Um, yeah. And... There's a moment where as they're like, um, Axe, I don't actually fully remember the context, but Axe says that... Um, Human skin co- oh, comes in a variety of shades, none of them attractive. <laughs> like, okay, Axe. Be nice. Axe several times implies that he thinks humans are just butt ugly. He at one point says, literally, like, says that chimpanzees are hotter than humans. <laughs> My, here we go. Like, My, blue fur, 
My blue fur was the last to go, replaced by my own particular shade of human skin. Human skin comes in a variety of shades, none of them attractive. At least yeah. not to me. If you are a human, you must find something attractive about your fellow humans. Humans who are young and restless are almost constantly in a state of attraction to others. <laughs> and then a paragraph later, Marcos says, hey, put on a fucking shirt. And Axe says, the men who are young and restless do not wear shirts. I am young, and I am occasionally restless. <laughs> I Axe is, Axe like starts acting like he's in a soap opera like he takes like dramatic pauses the whole time and first of all it's amazing secondly it just reminds myself of the time that i binged desperate housewives and then had a potluck and like kept trying to make all my friends gossip about fake murder um desperate housewives a good show desperate housewives rules okay like legit like it's, it came, it came out in an era where I wasn't really watching much television, and all the coverage I heard about it was like from like dude bros on Twitter, or like just, oh women, uh, television shows about women. It was not very right. good. I actually watched it when it was first airing, um, and I would call my friend on the phone, and we would watch it together while on the phone and oh. we like i had cable and she had satellite so we were often like just slightly desynced mm -hmm. like by just a couple seconds mm -hmm. um and so often one of us would be like oh holy shit and the other would be like what oh holy shit <laughs> <laughs> i love that so much which is great yeah i mean it's definitely like it is a soap opera like it leans in on being a soap opera but like I find it so delightful. <laughs> um, Santa, I think you would love Riverdale. I've, I know. Wait, Santa, so you to watch don't it. watch Riverdale? I actually don't. I, for a little while, I was trying to, but it became the show that I only put on when I was coming home from the bar. Oh, sure. So I didn't really keep track of it. <laughs> I think be that's like, okay yeah. because, like, anything can happen in Riverdale and it just doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you, you just kind of let it wash over you. Like, not not to steal terminology from We Hate Movies, but I think Riverdale is, like, the ultimate hangover show. Um, no. It seems too intense for a hangover for me. <laughs> it definitely is. No, it's for, like, it's, like, yeah, definitely when you, like, want to, well, it makes me crazy is the thing. Not to talk about yeah. Riverdale on our Animorphs podcast, but it makes me go fucking bananas. Well, <laughs> I, I was staying at a friend's house and she, like, has watched it several times because she just puts it on in the background. And she put it on in the background and I was like, are they doing a satanic panic plotline? That's a weird episode. And then the satanic panic, uh, like, plotline was, like, f at least four full episodes because that's how many I saw. Uh-huh. Where they're like, this D&D &D game is making people do murders. And I was like what is happening i am i'm three episodes into the second season so i don't know anything about oh, yeah, this i have no idea when this was from i think it might have been the most recent season it is i was just like okay yeah uh-huh uh -huh. things just happen things just happen um yeah. speaking of things happening eric disguises himself as a truck as a I fedex truck and then they have <laughs> a conversation about copyright infringement um, yes. uh, and I don't remember specifically what Eric says, but I think it delight delighted me. To, this was in the morning that I read this. That's very uh, good. Podcast. I've got to pull up right here. Eric says they can call my lawyer. He was Moses's law professor. Yeah, that was it. Yes. Ugh, I love it's Eric so, so much. It's so funny. Eric is great. I'm loving how frequently we're like running into Eric recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes I, me I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he's a really good, like, quest giver character. He's, yeah, he is. Um, Axe talks about, like, loving ads, which I adore. He's like, oh, these messages, you know, they're often my favorite TV show. They're, like, the short shows that come on, like, between the longer bits of the other shows. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's he like, calls the them ads. these messages. <laughs> he does, and he loves them. Um, and it was at this point that it was revealed that the Yerks bought a slaughterhouse and an animal testing facility. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, like kind of put my tablet down and was like okay this book is gonna be difficult for me <laughs> yeah I yeah I was like I felt I felt your psychic energy out in the universe yeah. as I was reading this I was like oh no <laughs> I was really hoping that it was gonna be one of those plot lines that like it was like a bait and switch where they're like we have to investigate the slaughterhouse and then 15 pages in they've like found something else that's more important or whatever uh-huh but no, it sure was the whole book. Yeah. Uh, sure was the entire whole book. So rough. So rough. Yeah. I mean, I think heightened by the fact that Marco was just like a huge asshole through the entirety of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Why is Marco acting like this in this book? He's yeah, such Marco a dick. Went, yeah, Marco went full asshole. Like, Marco is normally kind of a dick, but, like, this is, like, full assholery from him. Yeah, he's, like, like he actively is taunting. antagonizing Cassie. Right. Um, Cassie of all people. I know. I feel like they had like a fight off screen or something, and now oh, they must have like. <laughs> um, and uh, and this was um, just Marco being a bitch about it, um, which is yeah. why uh, Cassie is not rising to the situation. Because <laughs> she, I think that makes sense. Because he like targets her several times, and like at a certain point, they acquire chimpanzee morphs and um, axes. Like whoa. These animals are, like, really smart. Do you guys count, like, consider them sentient? Um, And there's, like, sort of a moral dilemma about this. Um, And Marco just out of nowhere starts ripping on Cassie for being a hypocrite because she's willing to, like, bend some of her own moral code rules if it means that she can, like, save animals. Like, she's like, I'll bend a rule in order to help more people, which, first of all, is not hypocrisy. That's exactly what, like, how Cassie has behaved for the entire time we've known her. Uh Uh-huh. And also, secondly, is not even close to, like, a weird... Like, I don't know why Marco's so being so black and white about it when, like, breaking a rule or hurting somebody to save more people is, like, not an uncommon... Thing. Yeah, it is like basic trolley problem shit, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, he's, yeah. I don't know, I find his behavior so weird in this book. Well, this was a ghostwritten book to my memory. Uh, everything from this point yeah, on yeah. is ghostwritten. Mm-hmm. I, hope Mar- I hope Marco is not this mean in the future. I honestly do think part of it is just that it was Marco reacting to... Cassie caring about like animal cruelty and stuff, which like not he mm, likes he likes um, South Park. Marco no. Marco specifically Marco specifically recommends South Park to Axe, which means he does. That Mar- Marco just loves to sit on a fence and takes ire with anyone who cares well, about anything. Well, yeah, that the thing is, it is not super uncommon for a certain subset of people who eat meat to get really really fucking rude when they find out you don't eat meat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. I've so it doesn't absolutely never shock understood me. Those, those, not to, those people confuse me. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't get it. Like, hey, fucking tofu tastes good. Like, I yeah. eat meat, but tofu fucking tastes good. 
Yeah. So, and I think it's just, I, so I, I think that he's partially just being like defensive and reactionary in that weird way, but it's also like, whoa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> calm, calm down. down, my good dude. It, it was that and the free will thing that was like, this has probably the least nuanced philosophy in one the Animorphs books yet. Um, also, it goes into yeah, direct I think I would agree. contradiction with the previous book because they were like, um, oh, we don't do sentient creatures without permission, which is a dubious rule. Like, they only kind of sometimes follow that. Um, yeah. Um, they had no problem with the fucking sentient whale they they were as last time. Yeah. Um, I found that very odd. Yeah. Um, because it was literally last book. Yeah. Like, it, I think I probably, I might not have noticed if it, if it hadn't been back to back. Mm-hmm. Or if we had, or if we weren't recording so close to the last time, because I guarantee if we were doing this on like our normal rec- like our our uh, our previous recording schedule, we would have been like I, I feel like we would not have caught on. That. Well, I, th- I think that I I would have remembered just because they make I also special note the, about how the whale they make was special sentient. note about it, and also I sort of like made the note to myself like this is two books in a row where I've had to stop reading and take a break because there was a really graphic description of an animal that wasn't one of the kids like being really severely in danger not that i don't care about the kids i love the kids but they you know have a way of like getting themselves out of situations yeah um because last book i had to stop reading and take a break because they were describing how this whale was probably going to suffocate to death and i was like "Ooh, i need to take a minute because this is really upsetting um and i was like uh, yet again there's a they at one point are in the slaughterhouse and um there are like cow corpses like they're killing cows in a line and then they're being like put on meat hooks and moved across the facility and i i had to walk away yeah i skimmed (laughs) through that because i I was like this is not the energy (laughs) like i want to sit in for a while um it was yeah it was pretty rough and i was like two books in a row we're doing this huh yeah all right yeah (laughs) hopefully they just have a fun good time next week you know that'd be nice (laughs) um Okay, so they, I have a question, which is, why don't they all acquire sparomorphs or something so that they can travel together as birds? It drives me crazy. They're always, like, all these, like, different types of birds, or they can't be, like, they have to switch because, like, birds don't travel in packs. Like, they can't all be hawks because hawks are really solitary. Why don't they just acquire sparrows? Yeah, just sparrows flock always birds. travel just in packs, birds. and they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is a me- this is a question of availability. I think at that point, I well, don't know. Like, but that's the point. Well, maybe not sparrows. Like, whatever bird is really every area has like a little brown bird that's really common, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. I, I would assume. Yeah, um, I definitely can't tell the difference between most birds, so that seems right to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty sure they were called sparrows, and so I googled little brown bird, uh, which you might have seen on my Twitter, because for some reason the sidebar said in really big letters with, with like, pictures of these birds, it just said, little brown bird. <laughs> I was like, that's so fucking true. That's <laughs> so really true. Me. Oh, uh, speaking of Twitter, Axe literally describes Twitter at a certain point. Um, he's talking. He says that online is a primitive human method of communicating in short, truncated sentences with, with anonymous individuals. Mm-hmm. Like that's Twitter. Yeah, I, I think they were talking about. I think he was talking about like specific like '90s chat rooms. 
Uh, oh, totally. Because Marco was complaining about mixing like an X Men live chat, yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Or no, it was um, it was X Files, not X X Files. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that he likes sci fi genre television. Uh, it's so good. I love that yet again he references Buffy. Like it really just surprises me that somebody who struggles with, um, the appearance of mas like performing masculinity, admits to watching Buffy. Yeah. He's like, um, oh, I watch it for the girls. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it you just know? makes me really happy every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They bring up The Simpsons and asks, asks like, are there actual, like, humans? Or is there, like, a divergent species of humans that is yellow and only has four fingers? <laughs> and Tobias is like, no, they're, they're cartoons. Like, they're, they're just stylized. And Axe was like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't sure. <laughs> Oh, uh, I love you hold, the sun. You hold on, Marco. Are you hi- are you hiding these people? <laughs> yeah, I love Oh, the yellow. So, ac- I'm sorry. I'm really free associating right now. <laughs> no, this um, is great. <laughs> uh, Axe is talking about stoplights, and it's like yellow is the color of warning. I do not know why. And I was like, why are traffic lights yellow? <laughs> because it's so a nice between color. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. I'm actually going to link to the site I was reading because it was, like, surprisingly fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a dork, maybe. Is it, like, but colorblind? In thing? summary, like, in the 1830s, railroads had white, green, and red. Uh-huh. White was go, um, and green was caution, and red was stop. Um, but at a certain point, there was, like... There was a big accident in 1914 because one of the red lenses fell out, so the stop turned into a go because it was just a white light without the lens Mm -hmm. and so they were like shit we should probably have a color that means go well red already means warning to everyone and has for a really long time and green is a good go color and yellow isn't either of those colors (laughs) so it's gonna we're gonna do yellow (laughs) (laughs) that's no that's good i like that i was like that's (laughs) i don't know if i find that to be satisfying or not (laughs) like oh yeah yellow just because one that isn't those yeah it's like, oh, okay. i mean i think i was partially Listen, right it's it was, a good it was in between vamp- color it was vampire times who among us really <laughs> it was vampire times uh, isn't it always vampire times though <laughs> uh, um yeah they they basically they have these chimpanzees that are being um the reason that they were talking about traffic lights was because they had to time their break into this truck that's going to the like newest york facility um which has chimpanzees in it that they are bringing to do animal testing on mm-hmm. um and while they're breaking in the person in the car <laughs> behind them starts cheering them on which i found so delightful i like yeah. that was like an animal rights activist who thought they were just like breaking the gorillas out yeah <laughs> more likely it was just a hooligan who was like yeah whatever you're doing looks illegal have fun i mean it's a great like... <laughs> energy either way you know it is a very good energy um i love um, I mean, that would be me <laughs> yeah <laughs> legit like i see I'm... some kids i see some kids coming to the back of a fucking truck i'm like fuck yeah kids fucking fight the system i love crime it's actually I thought it was really interesting that it happened in this book, uh, Be Gay, Love Crime, um, <laughs> because it reminded me a lot. There's a scene in Okja where they are rescuing the titular big pig mm-hmm. um, and they break into a moving truck 
And so I thought it was really interesting that this happens also in sort of a book that has like animal liberation overtones mm-hmm. to it. Um, and yeah, this was, I didn't have to walk away from the book, but I did have to take a lot of breaks when they're describing like the chimpanzees in cages being like brought to this facility. And also I love Cassie so much. She's just like talking in a soothing voice to the chimpanzees and like making so, friends with them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of going free association on this, free association on this entire book at this point, And I'm fine. I'm not, I'm fine with that. But since we're doing free association, we jump to one of my favorite scenes in the book, which they're at the chimpanzee place and they they're at the fucking animal testing facility right they de cassie demorphs for i what did she demorph again when everyone else was still a chimpanzee something about a computer she was escaping she went small so that she could get out of the cage yeah, yeah, yeah. um but uh fucking visor three shows up when she's like mid-morph <laughs> and if he takes two more steps forward she, he is going to see her like turning from a monkey into a human mm-hmm. and then mark is like well fucking just fucking throw it and then just scoops up some of his own shit and throws it at Visser 3. Which also means that this book is the second book in a row where one of the villains gets pooped on. <laughs> that happened last book. Uh-huh. One of the... they po- I, Was it on... I think it was on Visser 3. One of them, like, pooped on Visser 3 as a seagull. Oh, I think it was Chapman, actually. Oh, it was Chapman. You're it totally right. It was Chapman, yeah. yes. But yeah. Th- that was still a villain getting pooped on. Yeah. Um, What's happening? <laughs> Hello? I think these books are made for us. <laughs> these books. And this is when I I sent you this note earlier. Um, basically, so Fister 3 gets a bunch of shit thrown at him, literally, and leaves. And then is going on a rampage, like, kill all those fucking monkeys. Like, this sucks. They just threw shit at me, and I hate it. <laughs> um, and one of his sub- subordinates is like, I don't think I want to do that. And so Visser 3, like, chops his hand off and, like, knocks him to the ground and puts his, like, tail blade uh, directly against the human controller's neck uh-huh. and is described as, like, caressing him. And I just <sighs> quoted that and said, Visser 3 is so hot. <laughs> you guys, a few and intricate rituals, just by the way. <laughs> oh, my God, so true. <laughs> oh, Visser 3 is so intricate rituals. Oh. Yeah. He's always... You know? Yeah. I mean, just the nature of... Yeah. Um, Campy villains. Campy (laughs) villains. Oh my god, I'm just obsessed with Visser 3. I know. He's so good. It's so delightful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, God, I just love Andalites. Me too. Axe, like, makes himself a satellite dish. Uh Um, And one of the things he does is he pulls down a power line... (laughs) to do it oh, and then he's just an agent uh, of chaos Tobias is like oh i guess that's why there was a power outage and axe is like what are you talking about wait those carry power why aren't they better protected <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> so true axe yeah so true um i feel like axe is at once both chaotic and lawful somehow oh for sure <laughs> it's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's just yeah He's such a disaster. Marco, okay. Disasters. Marco is doing homework at one point, and Tobias, who's in the rafters, is like, hey, Marco, there's no you in Soviet. Where did Marco put a you in Soviet? Maybe like There's not even a phonetic you in Soviet. No. Maybe it's S-O-V. Like S-O-U is the only thing I can think. But I don't know why. Or maybe he pronounces it Soviet. That so actually could it, probably be it. That maybe that's what I it is. I think it might, yeah. So, 
Okay, that makes... I Okay, it wasn't until I said it out loud that I, I started to realize how it could have happened. Because I literally had to, like... I read that line over, like, five times. I was like, Marco, <laughs> how? <laughs> like, I know you guys miss a lot of school because you're saving the earth and stuff, but, like... <laughs> well, the thing is, Marco can't read or write. He's just illiterate. Um, we, know, we know this to be true. Known quantity. Yep. Um, there's, there's at least one character in every piece of media... That is literate, whether it's uh, textual or not. Just know yeah. this to be true. Sometimes yeah. there's more. <laughs> sometimes there's sometimes it's entire cast. Yeah. Sometimes nobody oh. can read. Sometimes nobody can read. Oh my gosh! Just Whoa, like this podcast. What if you found out that nobody can read? I, I mean, don't know how that would be a thing. But... I mean, I don't know what if. I mean, if I'm being honest, we are doing a fuck. We have been just. <laughs> If none of us can read, we have been doing the longest con on on each other and all of our listeners possible. This is just the longest yes and session. Like, we're just improv experts. Uh, what if for some reason what we're doing isn't reading? <laughs> what is reading then? So, you know, are you trying to say this is like, a, a, like my green is different from your green situation? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, to me, reading is to you what eating a ham sandwich... Well, not a ham sandwich. Like, eating yeah. a sandwich is. Um, but it's like, I don't know how to read. I just know how to recognize the shapes of the letters. And then it's like, is that reading? <laughs> oh, my God. Did that one tickle you, Seda? No, I hated it. <laughs> oh no. Holy shit. Oh no. <laughs> Am I stoned? What's happening? <laughs> I was at a party recently and a really, really stupid joke, you'll be shocked to hear this, made me laugh really hard. And someone was like, like jokingly like, did you consume marijuana this evening? And I had to be like, no, this is just how I am. Oh my god, I love you so much. <laughs> oh. No, it just heightens, uh. like, it heightens everything that you say. Because you are, like, halfway through hysterics, just, like, trying to get your way through it. It could be literally the most banal thing. And I'm like, oh man, Seda is, like, the funniest human being on earth. Because you are just, like, like, living in your own truth so extremely. <laughs> I sure am. Uh, <coughs> oh my god. Uh, so they become cows. They sure do. Um, so Axe compares himself positively to a cow. He's like, I, I could look like a cow. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me so happy. Oh, and he's he's also like, oh yeah, well, I'm not a predator, so I guess I don't understand. Because he's like, humans eat so many animals, like... Andalites just coexist with all the species on our planet. I don't understand it, but I guess I'm not a predator. And then he's like hanging out with a cow, and he's like, "You're just like me. <laughs> you just graze and like go run all around." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess so. Oh my god, I love. This I love so that much. Axe identifies more with a cow than he ever has with any of the humans. It's so awesome. Um. So. Uh. Oh my god, I have. I'm. I was thinking maybe it's because I've just been like consuming so much alien conspiracy theory stuff actually it's 100 percent why i was thinking about this but a bunch mm -hmm. of drunk college like frat dudes come over to do some cow tipping um yeah and then 
axe comes out and like reveals himself and they're like oh that doesn't look like a cow to me and then he hits them in the head with his tail blade knocking them unconscious and i'm thinking these guys are gonna have the fucking most insane alien like witness story ever uh, oh, absolutely. They get home the next morning and start talking about being abducted. Yeah, it's it's literally like um, like textbook alien abduction story where they're yeah. usually extremely drunk. Um, <laughs> they see something weird. Uh, everyone passes out. Um, and then they tell that story at parties or dedicate their whole career to it um, for yeah. the rest of their lives. One of the two paths. Um, I love that Rachel is so incensed by these obnoxious college kids um, that she literally just suggests that Axe beheads them. Direct She's action. like, they're annoying, and also they're drunk driving, so you should cut their heads off. And Axe is like, should I? And Jake's like, she's joking, she's joking, she's making a joke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then, so the failed, and I, I want to jump ahead to all the, jump past, well, first of all, they... <laughs> it was so weird. Axe turns into a, uh, a cow, but it's like a cow oh, yeah. and not a steer. There's and then he's like, like, oh, real quick, I'll just demorph and then turn into a steer. And I was like, Did that who, who's editor let this like slide? I'm like, this yeah. does nothing. You don't have a lot of space to tell a story in, in the first place. Why is it? This plot hook s- relies a surprising amount on talking about dicks. Um, oh, yeah. Because they mean to turn into steers, which is a bull that's been neutered, mm-hmm. but the DNA wasn't affected by the neutering, so they turn into bulls, so they're both aggressive. And then they're as, like... As, as soon as Axe mentioned the bull-steer thing, I was like, oh, okay, so this is what's going to happen. It's It surprises me that none of them thought of this, because they have faced this kind of stuff before. Like, as recently as the David books, when um, David Snake, uh, whose name I can't remember was uh, defanged, but Marco morphed him and had oh, the fucking yeah. venom sacks. I didn't even make that connection. Totally. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm for, and like also, like, way, way back in book five, which I remember just because that was the one that I've read, like, 50 billion times, mm-hmm. uh, Marco makes a point that uh, he, as a lobster, does not have rubber bands on his claws because they are not part of the DNA. <laughs> right. That's so true, Marco. It's so true. But they're, and they're, they're just, like, yeah, the, like, maybe the controllers won't notice, but the, like human farm people that they bring with them probably will and they do Mm -hmm. and like several characters over the rest of the course of the book are like what the fuck those cows have dicks (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay and so my favorite thing happens um uh uh marco clobbers the two drivers knocks them unconscious and then i think it's jake who says oh take off their clothes it'll slow them down and i'm like (laughs) okay i mean you're not wrong, but that's kind of a weird pull. Um, and then <laughs> you um, construct intricate rituals to see other men shirtless. <laughs> um, and then our mutual friend uh, 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 Anne uh, was like, "Oh yeah, they get tied up face to face and then put into a dumpster," uh, which is just yes. a little bit of a campaign pod deep cut. And also, uh, same energy, same energy, highly same energy. Uh, um. It, they they steal these driver uniforms. Jake wears it as a kid, and Marco has to be a gorilla because he can't reach the pedals as a human. <laughs> so he's just a gorilla in a driver's uniform. Can a gorilla fit in there is my um, question. May, uh, I think parents. I might overestimate how big gorillas are. I'm... I think that's true. <laughs> I yeah, think we had I this problem know. last time. Yeah, we did. Oh, we, we did. I asked... 
I asked. We how... asked if a gorilla could fit on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> I think I and think we, I think of gorillas as like seven feet tall and like yeah <laughs> for some reason and like it's like the opposite of moose where everybody thinks moose are way smaller than they are but they're fucking gigantic they're terrifyingly large they're like prehistoric animals almost yes. in their size oh my god absolutely um, um there's there's a moment where ax says the area humans refer to as the butt and you can see my crisis happening while i'm, I'm having my notes because in all caps i go Axe, what are you talking about? Andalites have asses. Wait, do they? Do Andalites need to poop? Hello? Okay, but okay. They have to pass, like, like, detritus somehow because... Because of the snail thing. Yeah, because of the snail thing. Um, Oh my god. Maybe it just goes out their back hooves. Oh, I hate that even <laughs> more. No, wait, no, 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 oh, no, oh, no, I hate that they eat through their hooves in the first place. Um, uh-huh. I don't, Did I you cannot forget ha- that? Did you somehow forget that? Did you blissfully forget? No, I just don't like to think about it. Um, <laughs> well, too bad, bitch. You best start believing in, you best start believing in hoof slurp. You're in one. <laughs> I mean, I believe in it. I just don't like to dedicate thought form energy wait, towards it. Wait, you guys. Andalite vampires would kick people. <laughs> they kick you so hard that you bled and then they just put their hoof on. I want I want an animorph vampire AU, but Andalites just are still there. Like Axe is still just an Andalite. Vampire and <laughs> um, please cut this it please feel free to cut this next statement. <laughs> Uh-huh. Vamp. Okay, hold on. <laughs> andalite pornography industry. Vampire andalite crushes your balls and turns you into a vampire. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, That's true. <laughs> oh my god, we need to do like a five-hour-long bonus episode where we just talk about AUs at length. Yes. Um, and we need to do an eight-hour-long bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Um. Um, Marco's driving is so bad that the controllers assume they can't be Andalite bandits, which oh, is very funny. So funny. It really is. This, like, action sequence of Marco driving the car is insane. He's on, like, the wrong sides of the road. He, at one point, has somehow tips the car, the truck, up on two wheels. And I very much question the fact that that car didn't flip because it had, like, at least two, probably more cows in the back cows are heavy and they would have all shifted and definitely knocked that truck over Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't he does what is described as like a 33 point turn (laughs) to do the controllers are like do you think these are like where the drivers go do you think these are andalites and then they're like no andalites would learn how to fucking drive and also they wouldn't walk themselves into a slaughter little do they know yep and everyone's like yeah that's a good point (laughs) And then this goes so bad so fast. I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, Axe has a really bad time, basically. Axe does yeah, have a really Axe, bad time. Axe gets, Axe gets uh, face-to-face with a... Um, oh, I used to know what those things were called. Like, the, the, the guns. Yeah. Thing. gun thing. Yeah. Bolt gun, thank you. Um, he... Yeah, and then he's, like, shaking and, like, clearly traumatized by the whole situation. And I'm like, yeah. poor thing. Oh, hey, sorry, sorry about this, but can we jump back to another moment when Axe was, sh- when Axe was, sh- when Axe was shaking and t- 
Wow, okay, let me try that sentence again. Can we go back to another time when Axe was shaking and traumatized? Because there was a moment earlier on when they were doing, like, the fucking truck heist that really that really stood out to me that I wanted to talk about momentarily. Because maybe it's something that I may have missed prior, but hold on, I'm bringing it up in my... Uh, I made a bookmark of it in my notes. I genuinely don't know what you're talking about, so I'm excited. It's like I'm yeah, experiencing the book for the first time. <laughs> yeah, so in, in the heist, when they're, like, on top of the truck, Axe says, I fought down the claustrophobia that is part oh, of my Andalite heritage. Oh, I took a note of that, too. Yeah. Is that is that something we've had established before? No. I don't think so, but it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because, like, they're, they're often just... described as, like, they. I mean, they live in fields and they their houses are open, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, they're open air. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes a lot of sense with, with what we've learned uh of Andalites, but I don't does. think it's ever been explicitly called out before. Mm-hmm. It's just a really interesting thing because I I um I don't have like severe claustrophobia, but like it has flared up on rare occasions and like the the there is sufficient room, I told myself there is sufficient air, like that's a move. Yo, yeah, no, I, I thought I was like yeah, it gave me a little bit of a heart pain. I was like, oh hon. Yeah. And he like you can see like you can see his like thought process devolving. He's just like, There's enough air. There's not enough air. We're underground. Oh, we're going to be underwater. Uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then... It's very it's very similar to, like, the, the the like, vast claustrophobia that Rachel was feeling in last in uh, the last episode. Mm-hmm. With the ocean, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was more it's... an emptiness thing, but she did also feel, like, claustrophobic in a vast space. It... Anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it was really, really interesting. And I yeah. like that, like, where I was just, like, I had the same thing where I was, like, have they mentioned that before? And then I was, like, no, I don't think so, but it totally makes sense, yeah. which I really love. And it shows that as much as I constantly, every single episode, bitch about the Andalites' physical descriptions, mm-hmm. everything else about them is really well laid out, and I love I think that. Capelgate is like I, I I I would like to want. I, I imagine Capelgate has a Bible for this that was like passed around her ghostwriters, and I would love to see that somewhere. Yeah. The, oh yeah. my god, it must be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I Capelgate is a really competent world builder. I think that there's like some genuine depth of thought that goes into pretty much that into most everything that goes into these books. Totally. And I, I one of the things I love about that is so often I find that people who are really good at world building, especially this is a problem in sci-fi are garbage at characterization mm-hmm. like because you can have this incredible world with like 2d paper stick figures sort of moving around in it which i find so frustrating mm-hmm. um and but we get both yeah with, with this series and that makes me so happy yeah um totally <sighs> hey guys animorphs good animorphs good animorphs good uh, <laughs> there's yeah, so in the slaughterhouse, uh, shit goes bad real quick. You know, they're fighting a whole bunch of controllers. They get into a room that has people in cages, which is too bad. Well, <laughs> unfortunate. I was like, uh-oh. And basically it's shown that the Yurks are working on something called Project Obedience, which is exactly as shitty as it sounds, where they're trying to remove free will. Um, and I love how this plays out at first because they're basically like, hey, computer, Tell us about Project Obedience. And the computer's like, Project Obedience is working perfectly because Visser 3 is a genius. And Cassie's just like, it's lying. There's no way. And everyone else is like, why would it lie? It's a computer. Like, why would it be programmed to lie? And Cassie's like, no. Like, it's it's fake. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, as much as I don't necessarily love the conclusion they come to, which is, as we discussed before, free will being an ingrained part of sentience. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I love that Cassie was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fake. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then she just, and then out. she was right because some, uh, some scientist controller shows up and is like quivering like a baby. Yeah. I love this is... controller. He's such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. He, uh, he's like, I, yeah, I, I fucking lied to Visitor 3. This doesn't work at all. I just didn't want to get my fucking head cut off. Yep. Um, tries to do, and, like, whatever the opposite of a heel turn is, where he's like, let me come with you. A face I, turn. I, I'll be cool. Face turn, that's the one. Yeah. And it's like, like, let me escape with you. And they're like, fuck off. <laughs> and they, um, I love the moment where Cassie is, uh, refers to herself as an Andalite. Like, she's like, we Andalites don't approve of treating humans this way. And I was just like, hee hee hee, you're human. <laughs> <laughs> And they they take these people out of the cages, and basically they were, like, in some sort of biostasis. And one of the guys is like, this shelter sucks, I'm going back to the Salvation Army. So it very much seems like the Yorks were just sort of picking people up off the street and oh, yeah, experimenting yeah, no, they, they, on them. They, they say that because um, the, the, contr- the Cassie gets really mad about the use of human experimentation. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, no, no, the, the controller's like, oh, no, these aren't real people. These are just people off the streets. And Cassie, yeah. like, fucking goes feral They on don't have family. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's good. I'm, I'm we really stand. glad. I'm glad that they had Cassie staunchly defend these people. Like obviously she would, but just because it extra proves that Marco's just being a stupid asshole. Because at several points he's like, "Oh, animal lovers, you all care about animals more than you care about humans. Whatever." So I'm glad that they gave Cassie that moment to like stick up for like people not being hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of on like a metal level to be like, yeah, Marco's just being an asshole. <laughs> um, and yeah, they they free the free the people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so again, I didn't necessarily like the conclusion, but I did really like the line: "A sentient species has free will, like an object has mass." Mm-hmm. That is a good line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the mall, and Marco aggressively eats a burger at. Cassie um, and is like you're wearing Birkenstocks right now aren't you and Cassie is gay end of book yes truth <laughs> speak truth to power yep but yeah this entire book was stopping a mission that literally had failed already failed to launch yep <laughs> which is wild uh, so what I did is I posted a screen cap of that upsetting morph that Axe did from Andalite to Human when I did the question well I posted that on my Twitter and then I quote tweeted that on the Wonder Year, and so that just to provide context for a couple of the questions that we have gotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, at Zach Val though, who wants to know, I've read this. Who says I've read this Harlan Ellison story before? <laughs> Me too. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, can I point out in one of the other morphs there was some really not. bad mouth. Well, too bad, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck, I can't, I can't control them anymore. They've gone rogue. That's me. Um, Someone stop them. I'm unstoppable. This is my heel turn. <laughs> um, there's really bad mouth content when Tobias is turning into a cow. Um, I'll just have to find. I wrote it down because it was really bad. Tobias's short hooked beak softened and began to extrude. It grew out as it grew flabby. Soon it was nothing more than loose flaps of unsupported skin covered with brown feathers. Like, that sucks. I hate it. <laughs> it's not good. I think at one point during... I think at one point during this show's run, I think each of us should sit down and, as maybe nothing more than a creative writing exercise, try and write the least pleasant morph 
and read it on, read, on like one paragraph and read it on the air to the other two. Oh no! I'm, <laughs> oh I'm no! I'm suggesting that live. Feel free to say shut the fuck up, Sarah. But I think it'd be fun. I mean, that sounds a lot like a lot of the poetry I wrote when I was a teenager. So I'm absolutely in. <laughs> yeah, just dig out some journals from ten years ago. I'll, yeah. I'm just gonna submit like a tear-soaked piece of paper because it just is so painful for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max at Maxi Satan wants to know how are your entire human mouths doing? I mean, mine's a little, mine's a little tired. I've been talking a lot today. Um, I need I funny Blair need an I oral surgery. <laughs> I have tooth mm. pain. <laughs> oh no, yeah. that's about. I don't. I I've have, been to the dentist um, over a year. I've got Beyond Meat Burger stuck in my teeth. I've just realized. Ooh. Mm. I was hungover, so I ordered three hamburg, three not hamburgers, because <laughs> I know what I'm about. Three nega burgers, three of. <laughs> and W has the Beyond Meat patties now. Ooh. They're very good. Ooh. Uh, Seda at nudity wants to know. Don't ignore me in the group chat, or I will start acting out. And they also asked, "Is Visser three a himbo?" Discuss. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> unilaterally. They said not. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your commitment to the bit. Thanks. Yeah, because at one point the scientist is like, Vision 3 wouldn't take no for an answer about why it wouldn't work. He's no scientist, much less a philosopher. And I was like, ha ha, Vizzer 3 is dumb. <laughs> He's so stupid. Do you need to be like physically fit to be a himbo? Because like, I don't know himbo tech terminology. Um... I almost said himbo technology, like himbos have like access to like wide swaths of technological things that the rest of us normies do not get access to. That's so true though. <laughs> yeah. Um uh it doesn't hurt. Actually, I think yeah. I think you have to have at least some um interest in physicality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that every Andalite that we've ever met has had a six pack though so yeah so well yes yes but if viscer three had a true interest in physicality his human form would not i mean i'm just basing my assumption off of the canon tv show form of him of victor trent um i don't think that he would have chosen that body if he was a himbo oh he's just like a <laughs> middle-aged himbo mm -hmm. yeah different standards <laughs> probably uh and uh uh, at Heavenly Evan wants to know, Big Cow? Hell yes, absolutely. Yep. 100%. Uh, I think cows can get big if they want all the time. It should be very big. I, I don't think we ever, I don't think we had a chance to talk about the cow that was too big to murder, to, to, pro, to put in the animal murder zone. And it's just, it's too large to, it's too large to die. Um, is that what the context of that picture was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cow, like, that cow was making waves. The cow's name was, and I'm going to make sure to enunciate this because it did get misheard on a different podcast. The cow's name is Nickers. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a bad cow name, though. The cow's name, name is Nickers, and it is, what's that, Blair? It said it's not a bad cow name. <laughs> No, it's a great cow name. A uh, bit of a pain to say, though. But either way, that cow, uh, the whole story behind that cow was that it had grown too large to fit in, like... Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it had become too large to fit in any of, like, the like the automated processes. And, I like, love that. And, and, like, they could have, like, just, like, healed it by hand, but they had no way to process the body, so they just kind of let it live. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. 
Wow. It's like too big to fail, but too big to meet. Yeah. I didn't know that was the context of that image. I thought everyone was just really excited about Big Cow. <laughs> Because I was. I was really excited about Big Cow. I mean, me too. I, I was very excited about Big Cow, and then I found that out, and I was like, fuck yeah. That's so funny. Uh, and lastly, uh, at Heavenly Evan also wants to know, do you think Axe sufficiently grapples with human cruelty in this book? Could have done with more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I think he, like, starts to, like, scratch at the surface, but, um, and this is not me rec- recalling, this is just me speculating, I would not be surprised if he returns to this topic in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, because I was I I felt like the book it kept coming very very close to letting him like have that realization or at least like actually say it um and then backing off, which I understand because it's um a hard sell to be like wow, humans are really fucking bad to animals. Mm-hmm. Um and so there was at least a good, I think, honest amount of, like, showing bad behavior, but it was rarely explicitly called bad behavior, mm-hmm. um, which I found a little odd, but also um, understood. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but this was, a, despite everything else, a super fun book, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had fun. Yeah. Axe getting obsessed with TV, which was just already going to be pretty much worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah, I really, really hope that, that we feel like vestiges of this going forward. <laughs> Same. Absolutely. Oh, I, he mentions Friends and he like says Central Perk by, like he names Central Perk and says Phoebe's playing guitar. <laughs> I want Axe to sing Smelly Cat. Oh my God. I want Axe to do a Friends rewatch podcast that I will not listen to I, because wait, I hold hate on, hold Friends. On. Is Axe the CEO of Netflix? Is that why they spent $100 million to keep Friends on Netflix? Yes. That must be it. <laughs> Axe-Similai, Netflix, Eskaruth Isthil. Yep. You rewrite the letters in that name, you get Netflix and a whole bunch of leftovers. <laughs> That's probably true. That's definitely true. Um, That's actually not true because he does not have an N anywhere in that does name. Does he not? Mm. That doesn't seem... Aximali Eskaruth Isthil. Mm. No N. I'm mm. I'm an N truther. There's an N in that word's name somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's very silent. It's so silent that they don't even write it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Um, <laughs> Patreon? Yeah, thank you all for listening this week. Um, If you want to support um, our beautiful voices, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting, which supports this show and our sister podcast. um, Wow. Uh, (laughs) Fearbaiting, not the Wonder Years. (laughs) Um, uh, Wonder All Month gets you uh, early access to episodes. Uh, uh, $5 a month gets you shout out on the show and also a short message. Uh, $10 a month gets you... um, uh, yeah, you can tell us to watch a movie specifically for fear baiting. Um, we have been talking about getting some bonus content for uh, the Wonder Years listeners, so keep your eyes, yeah, because we, your we, eyes we, to well, the floor, Blair, keep Blair, your ears to the floor about that. <laughs> yeah, Blair, Blair um, pointed out that like all of our rewards for the Patreon are pretty specific to fear baiting, which like that made sense when we made the Patreon because Wonder Years didn't exist, right? But now Wonder Years exists. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not even on the other show. You are, say that you are our most frequent guest by like three episodes. That might be true. I actually, actually, while, that's though. not true. You are, in, I think, currently you are in a three-way tie with Brooks and Kit. 
Yeah. Rude. Every time I'm like, Actually, oh, I need a guest because Sarah can't be on. Hey, Seda, do you have like an hour free? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you to our $5 and up uh, patrons. Um, uh, Paul Bechtel, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, uh, Michael Kaiser, and Sophie uh, for supporting our show. We love you so much. Uh, if you want to check us out, if you want to follow us on, uh, if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter at the Wonder Yerks. Um, we might, I don't, do we have a Tumblr? Did I make one of those? No, I don't we don't remember. have a Tumblr. <laughs> cool. Uh, the Wonder Yerks at gmail.com, I guess. I haven't checked that in ever. Um, and uh, thank you to Noise Space for having us on the network. Uh, that's yeah. noisespace.xyz. I'm legally required to say that as it is owned by a Canadian. That made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bullied her it's for that last time. It's more fun to say than Z. <laughs> to me, it's way more fun to say than Z. Z is can just I, funnier. It's just can funner. I share with you an inexplicably traumatic thing that happened to me when I was a child that I still remember for some reason? I was wearing Please a do. shirt with like that was alphabetical. It had animals on it. And one of them was the striped horse known as Zebra. And I said, Zebra. And my dad was like, we live in Canada. We say Zebra. And I, to this day, get really insecure about it. Oh, no. I don't know why. It was just one of those things where, like, it's stuck in my tiny childhood brain. And I'm just like, zebra. <sighs> so, you know, just tying that into my personal backstory. Yeah. Both of which are very valid. Um, <laughs> if you want to find me online you can do so at blair kitsch on twitter or blairkitch.tumblr.com or blair kitsch anywhere else you could possibly imagine just mm-hmm. believe it and you'll find it uh, you can also find me on henry kissinger's pokemon going to die and left us podcast uh bonus episode for this podcast is coming out next week not entirely sure when yet keep your eyes glued to the twitter feed that's with the host of setting the record queer i will also be on their podcast for the episode that we'll be releasing on january 1st uh, it's a great podcast. I really recommend you go listen to their most recent episode, which is where they did an interview with two women doing roller derby out in Wisconsin. And it's a really fucking good episode. Um, I'm really excited to be on it. Um, I already said Henry Kissinger. Check me out on Twitter at SunHatGenia. S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. That's also my Twitch name where I've been trying to stream a little bit more. And I'm pretty sure that is everything. Hey, Seda. What's the deal? I'm on Twitter at nudity with an EA instead of a Y, and you can check out my other podcast, Music for Molehills, where I solve tiny problems with little songs at Musical Mole on Twitter, and you can check out my other music at gaygothvibes.online. Well, we will uh, see you in a couple weeks, Um, Mm -hmm. but until then, I have been Blair. I continue to be Sarah. And I'm still horny for Mr. 3. Oh, yeah. Keep your hand on that Escafil device. Yeah. Whatever you press your hand on the Escafil device, it made an air horn, though. What if that did happen? What if our outro was just air horn? Andalites have invented air horns. I feel like Andalites wouldn't invent air horns. I think they're too prim and proper for it. Um. Oh, but I I want Axe to be startled by an air horn. Only if someone oh, like holds him videos, afterwards, those, though. Those videos where somebody pretends that they're going to wake up their, like, peacefully sleeping cat with an air horn, but then they just tap it gently on the head instead. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. me and Axe. All right. Good night, everyone. <laughs>